Welcome to Divine Inspiration by Dantisha James. Today, we're going to talk about Walk by Faith, Session 1. Yes, Walk by Faith, Session 1. The first principle of biblical wisdom is that people should humble themselves before God in reverence of in worship obedience in his, in his commands. This idea is found especially in the wisdom literature, the books of Job, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. In the Old Testament, the best example of a wise man is is King Solomon. And yet the same book that helps, I mean, that heaps such a lavish and warm and glowing praise also points out how Solomon's heart turned away from the Lord. And so have you ever known anyone who claimed to be wise, but acted foolishly? They claim to say they are wise and they, they be wise, but they actually show something different. So let's go into the word of God. Are you ready to get into the word of God? I am so ready to get into the word of God. So let's go into James chapter three, verse 13. The word of God says this, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. And so true wisdom can be measured by the depth of a person's character, just as you can identify a tree by the type of fruit it produces. You can evaluate your wisdom by the way you act. You see that? So wisdom is lined up to the way you're acting. And so we as children of God, is, if we can probably have wisdom, but our what, what shows our wisdom is our actions. And so foolishness leads to disorder, but but wisdom leads to peace and goodness. You see that foolishness leads to disorder, but wisdom leads to peace and goodness. Are you tempted to um, escalate the conflict, passion of the gossip, or fan the fire of discord? Careful appealing speech and wise loving words are the seeds of peace. God loves a peacemaker. Let me say it again. God loves a peacemaker. In Matthew chapter five, verse nine says this, Blessed are the peacemakers of the, for they will be called children of God. Let me say the scripture again. Blessed are the peacemaker for they will be called the children of God. And so is bitter envy and selfish ambition are sparred by the devil. Is bitter envy and selfish ambition inspired by the devil. Let's go into the word of God and let's see what the word of God says. And so we back in James chapter three, verse 14 through 15. And the word of God says this. But if you harbor bitter envy and self ambition, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boost about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. You see that. So envy and bitterness and anger, all that comes from demonic evil spirits. And so God wants his children to be peacemakers. How do we be peacemakers? The more we draw close to God and build our relationship with him and worship him and pray with him with our relationship with him, he changes our heart to learn how to be peacemakers. Instead of letting anger take control of us, instead of bitterness take control of us, we learn how to walk through the part of forgiveness we learn how to walk into the part of being peacemakers. We learn how to learn how to overcome the obstacles of the devil. We learn how to win victory with Jesus Christ and his spirit that lives in us so we can be and learn how to be peacemakers. Amen. Amen. So listen to this. Bitter envy refers to the vice of selfish ambition that prompt us to promote our own interests. Selfish ambition in the church is correspond with hum humanistic wisdom. If, if it's easy for us to be drawn into wrong desires by the pressures of society and sometimes even by well-meaning Christians, 
by listening to this advice, by listening to the advice, assert yourself, go forward, set high goals. We can we can be drawn into greed and destructive co compatibleness, like compatibleness against one another. Seeking God's wisdom deliver us from the need to compare ourselves to others. You heard that. That's the key. Listen to that. Instead of us comparing ourselves to others, if we start seeking God's wisdom, we will stop comparing ourselves to others. We will stop. We will get wisdom from him. We will get discernment from him. He will teach us the way. He would show us the way with the power of the Holy Spirit is living in us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so instead of us fighting against one another, we'll learn how to love one another. We'll learn how to be careful towards one another. We'll learn how to be patient with each other. We'll learn how to forgive one another. But we need God's wisdom to be able to do that. We cannot do it on our own. And so should we ask, we should we ask God to keep us um, to, no, should we ask God to help us get rid of our selfish ambition, get rid of our selfish desires? Yes, we should ask God to help us get rid of our selfish desires. Let's get back into the word of God and let's look what the word of God says. So we're going to go into James chapter four, and I'm going to read verse one through three. And this is what the word of God says. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And so we got to always understand when God gives us something, it got to be lined up in his will. When God gives us something, he wants to bless his children, but he wants us to make sure we have the right motives. That's another thing that keeps us caught up and not get our answers of our prayers of as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because sometimes we have the wrong motives. Sometimes we have our selfish desires and our selfish ambition, and it's not lined up in God's will, and it's not going to be good for us because it might draw us more closer to greed and envy and jealousy and bitterness, not close to who God sees us to be. And so we got to understand our motives got to be the right motives, not the wrong motives, because God knows our motives behind what we asked him for. And so conflicts and disputes and my believers are always harmful. James explains that these quarrels resort from evil desires battling within us. You hear that? These, these evil desires are battling within us. We want more possessions, more money, high status, more recognition, recognitions. <laughs> When we want badly enough to fulfill these desires, we fight in order to do so. God refuses to answer the prayers of those who are selfishly, God refused, let me say it again, God refuses to answer the prayers of those who are selfishly ambition, love, pleasure, and desire, honor, power, or riches. All of us should take note for God will not listen to our prayers. If we have hearts filled with selfish desires, you see that God would not listen to our prayers if our heart is with selfish desires. Scriptures tells us God hears only the prayers of the righteous, of those who called upon him in truth, and of the genuinely repentant and humble of those who act according to his will. You see that it's according to his will and it's according to his truth. And that's why it's so important for us to know God's truth in his word so we can know his will. But when we don't know our God and we don't know his word and we making time for our God to fit on our own agenda and not really to really, um, really turn it around to let, let us work God's agenda around our schedule because we need God more than we need anything else. We need his word more than we need anything else because that's how we're going to get wisdom. 
That's how we're going to get peace. That's how we're going to turn from our wicked ways. That's how we're going to get that bitterness out of our heart. That's how we're going to get that envy out of our heart. That's how we're going to overcome our fears, our anxieties, and everything that gives us stress and worries. We cannot do it without the Lord. And we got to know who our Father is. But without Him, we can't do nothing. And so instead of aggressively grabbing what we want, we should submit ourselves to God and ask God to help us get rid of our selfish desires and trust him to give us what we really need. And see, that's another part we have to learn. We have to learn how to trust God. Because naturally, we, we are very independent people, human beings, that we think we can do it on our own. We think we got this. We think we can solve the problem. But really, we make a mistake because we leave God out of it. And God is the only one who can make that problem and help us overcome those obstacles. Without God, he means it. What he says, we can't do nothing. And we'll keep going over and over and over around the same mountain, around the same sin, that we get sick and tired, that we're very miserable, we unhappy, we jealous, we envy, we, we, we complaining, we nagging, we are just miserable in that sin. And the reason why we cannot get away from that sin is because we are not drawing close to God. Sometimes we got to put away our own desires, our own habits, our own ways, and make time for our God. And so let's keep going on. Do we seek God's approval for what we already plan to do? Our prayers will become powerful when we allow God to change our desires so that they perfectly correspond to his will for us. You see that? We will become more powerful when God starts changing our desires because our own desires lead us astray. Our own desires is evil and corrupted. Our own desires is sinful. We desire to do things that we should not do. So we need God to change our heart, change our desires of the way that he sees us to go and the way that belongs to his will. Because remember, everything that God does, it's going to work out for our good. Let's keep going on. And so in 1 John chapter 3, verse 21 through 22, the word of God says this. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And that's how we be obedient to him. The more we fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, the more he keeps changing us to for the better and heal our wounds. And heal our problems that's going on within us. Heal our pain. Heal our anxiety. Heal our fears. Give us peace. Give us joy. Give us gentleness. Give us confidence within ourselves. The more we draw close to him. Hmm. So do we get more of God's grace being humble or proudful? Now, you know, we get more of God's grace being humble. But let's, 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 let's look at what the word of God says. So let's go back into James. James chapter 4, verse 4 through 6. Listen to this verse. It says this. And you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he is jealously longed for the spirit he has called to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why the scriptures say God opposite the proud, but shows favor to the humble. You see that. So God opposite the proudful, the proudful who think they got it going on. They are okay by their stuff. They independent. They don't need nobody else. That's pride. But God, hum, God blesses the humble. Oh, God, I can't do this without Father. Can you please help me? I don't know how to do this without you. I'm like a little child without you. I don't. I need your help. That's a humble child, humble, asking God for his help and repenting and turning from their wicked ways. And so the cure for evil desires is humility. 
Let me say it again. The cure for evil desires is humility. Pride makes us self-centered and lead us to conclude that we deserve all we can see, touch, or imagine. It creates greedy appetites for far more than we need. We can be released from our self-centered desires by humbling ourselves before God, realizing that all we really need is a, his approval. When the Holy Spirit fills us, we see that this that this world seductive attractors are only cheap substitutes for what God has, has to offer us. This verse may mean that because of our fallen nature, we have a tendency towards envy. You see that we have a tendency towards envy as, human, as our human nature to be exalted in our own minds or to seek honor and esteem of, of others in order to satisfy our pride is to shut out the help of God. And so when we want to be honored towards men and women, and we want to be exalted towards men and women, it, and it esteems our pride of how much they boost about us or how good we look. And it's nothing about wrong about having confidence of who we are in God, but we're not letting it esteem our pride because we boost out. I mean, we, we shut out the help of God. We shut out his help. So, but for those who humbly submit to God and draw near to him, he gives abundant grace and mercy and help in every situation of life. In Philippians chapter two, verse three says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, valuing others above yourselves. If you are planning your own um, way, trying to make things happen in the strength of your own flesh, then no doubt you are, you are frustrated. You probably have said, no matter what I do, nothing seems to work. Nothing will ever work until we learn. You see that? That's the key. We got to learn to trust in God's grace. Relax. Let God be God. Stop being so hard on yourself. Let me say it again. Relax. Let God be God and stop being so hard on yourself. Change is a process and it comes little by little. We are on our way to perfection. So let's enjoy this trip. How can we come near to God? Let's look at this. How can we come near to God? I'm going to try to, well, I wanted to go into James chapter four, verse seven through 10, but I'm not going to be able to read it because I only have less than a minute. So although God and the devil are at war, we don't have to wait until the end to see who will win. God has already defeated Satan. And when Christ re returns, the devil and all his, his foes will be, um, will be eliminated forever. Satan is here now, and however, he is trying to win us over to his evil cause. With the Holy Spirit power, we can resist the devil, and he will flee from us. James gives us five ways we can come near to God. One, submit to God and yield to his authority and will and commit your life to him and his control and be willing to follow him. Number two, resist the devil. Don't allow Satan to entice and tempt you. Number three, wash your hands and purify your heart that is led in pure life. Be cleansed from sin, replacing your desire to sin with your desire to experience God's purity. Number four, grieve, mourn, and well. Sincere sorrow for your sin. Don't be afraid to express your deep heart filled sorrow for what you have done. Number five, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. And so we got to do that as the children of God. It is our responsibility to draw close to God. Thank you so much too for listening to Divine Inspiration. God bless you. Bye.